You're listening to Kevin Stock Radio. All right. Hey, guys, it's Kevin. And so today I'm going to talk about building muscle and the carnivore diet because I get a lot of questions about this. Can you build muscle on the carnivore diet, whatnot? Uh, and so let's talk about this. So I got I, I took a lot of notes to make sure I didn't forget to tell you something. So if I pause, it's because I'm making sure that I check my notes to make sure I don't forget anything. So let's dive in. So there's lots of definitions that people are going to talk about lots of ways to train to build muscle. So you could be doing strength training, Olympic lifting, CrossFit, all these, you know, these, all these ways can build muscle. Uh, so my background is more of the standard traditional vein bodybuilding. So hypertrophy kind of training where you go to the gym, you work out, uh, for body composition reasons. So, uh, I'll be talking mainly through that lens. Nonetheless, whether your goal is performance and one of those other kinds of muscle building, the same general nutrition guidelines are going to apply. Okay. So, uh, let me see what we got here next. <clears throat> All right. So the first thing I want to discuss here is if you're just getting started in the carnivore diet, you need to get to a place of homeostasis first. And so I've written about this a lot. Uh, so I have a blog post or an article or whatever on the carnivore fat loss and the carnivore diet. So if you haven't checked that out, you just go to my blog, go to the bottom where there's a search and sit, put fat loss or fat loss and the carnivore diet. But I talk about John versus Sally and it's examples I use that people come to the carnivore diet from very different backgrounds, different places. And some people actually experience weight gain initially with the carnivore diet while other people lose dramatic amounts of weight. Uh, and so the whole point that I'm going to try and make here is that before trying to tinker the diet for fat loss or for muscle gains or anything like that, you need to find this place of homeostasis where things balance out, your hormones balance out, you get your, you know, if you have some health issues, those are resolving uh, because if we try and manipulate too early, we it, it makes everything more difficult. So uh, before trying to lose weight or before putting an emphasis on muscle building, make sure you've achieved a somewhat of a homeostatic set point. And how do you know when you get there? So you won't know for sure when you get there, but there's signs and symptoms that you've gotten there. So once your digestion gets normalized, that's a big sign. Uh, uh, once your energy has normalized, you're feeling good, you're, uh, that's a good sign. Once diseases start to disappear, that's a good sign. Skin clears up, that's a good sign. So all these signs where you, know, you wake up, you eat basically the same thing day in and day out, you feel good, uh, your appetite has regulated. Those are good signs of homeostasis. It takes different people, different amounts of time to get to this point. Uh, so for example, I came to the carnivore diet from a ketogenic background and before that, even a low carb, uh, background. And so I, for me to transition to a very low carb diet, like the carnivore diet is different than someone else that's coming from 40 years of the standard American diet. That said, I still took me at least probably three months before I felt everything was uh, 
in balance. Everything was kind of, I hit that homeostatic set point where nothing really changed all that much. I wasn't getting headaches anymore. I wasn't having muscle cramps. These are, you know, signs and symptoms of getting adapted. Uh, and mentioning that one of the, one of the things that's super important to mention is, uh, if you're currently training and then you go to the carnivore diet, almost always training suffers. Uh, in some cases it doesn't like strength, strength training. Some people see just immediate improvements, uh, and they never have to go through a strength adaptation period. Uh, but I did. So I obviously coming from a bodybuilding background, it took me at least, I want to say eight to 12 weeks before I felt like my performance in the gym and my time on attention and the weights I was lifting reached the point where it was before starting the diet. So that took me a long time to achieve. So and that, that's one of the points of achieving this homeostasis first. And so to piggyback off this adaptation to training is going to vary based on the kind of training you're doing. So generally speaking, the more glycolytic the activity, the longer it's going to take to adapt. Uh, so if you're a long distance runner, this isn't real super glycolytic. And so runners tend to adapt to a low carb diet pretty easily and, and, and a carnivore diet, you know, pretty quickly they're, they're running gets back to where it was and, and improves at a pretty quick rate. Now compare that to something like CrossFit, which is super metabolically demanding is very glycolytic. Uh, it takes more time to adapt to CrossFit type training. Uh, like I mentioned, strength training, since it, you know, it's very much based on the creatine phosphate energy system that, that tends to not be as affected as much during this adaptation period. Uh, but something like bodybuilding, where when you're doing a set and you know, the time under tension might be a minute for that particular exercise, uh, that takes time to adapt, uh, adapt to. So, uh, like I said, it probably took me eight to 12 weeks to get used to that. Uh, and before I started improving upon it. So first long way of saying, first thing we got to do is get to this homeostatic set point before you start tinkering with fat loss or before you start tinkering with trying to build muscle at an exceptional rate, you very well may be building muscle probably will be during this adaptation period. Uh, so don't stop training just because it is because you're going through an adaptation. But if you feel like you, you know, you can't train as intensely, that's fine. Just there's no need, no need to get discouraged or anything like that. That's just part of the process. Okay. So I, I feel like we nailed that point home. Uh, so let's use an example. Let's assume, uh, you've settled in, you've reached this homeostatic set point. You're feeling good. Everything's going good, but, and, and you want to start focus on building some muscle enhancing performance. Uh, what do you do? Okay. So first of all, let's say you settled in just, I'm just going to say at 12% body fat. Uh, and I, and I mentioned this for a reason, cause if you're still at like 20% body fat or something like that, and you're like, Hey, I want to build muscle. Uh, that's great. And we, we want to do that, but I, you might, you might not be at a homeostatic set point, uh, yet if, if your body fat is still, you know, over 20%. Uh, now, obviously women are going to naturally have higher body fat percentages than men. So, you know, take, you know, understand that. And that said, <laughs> if your your body fat, so during this homeostatic set point, you will reach a natural body fat percentage that your body wants to settle in at. And, uh, typically 
and your history does depend on where this will settle and it depends on how long it does take the body to settle in at this body fat percentage uh but it it, it typically won't be at 30 percent body fat you know <laughs> so that's outside the you know what the body will want to settle at that said the body is not also is also not going to settle at like five percent body fat like a, you're not if you're eating meat until you're satiated you know, every day you're not under eating, you're not doing just tons and tons of cardio or anything like that, but just naturally the body doesn't want super low single digit body fat percentages. Like walking around at 4% body fat is just not a state that the body wants to be in. Uh, so we can force the body into that state with the carnivore diet. And I kind of talk about that in that, in that post I wrote up fat loss on the carnivore diet, but that's not a natural set point for most people. Okay. So in this example, let's just say you reached a homeostatic set point around 12% body fat, uh, which is, you know, 12, 15% is a healthy body fat range that a lot of men tend to settle in, women a little bit higher than that. Uh, so at this point in time, you should have a good ballpark feel about how much you eat on a daily basis. Like there's not generally you don't go one day eating five pounds of meat, next day eating one pound of meat. You generally, there's a, you, you have a rhythm that you have gotten into, whether it's uh, two pounds, three pounds, four pounds, it's your personal, uh, your personal rhythm that you've, you know, kind of settled in at. Uh, so anyways, this ballpark, ballpark is important to know. Uh, and you will know it. If you don't know it, you're probably not adapted yet. You're probably, you probably have been on the diet not long enough. Uh, if you don't have a good feel of, you know, what your daily intake is like. Okay. So if you know this daily in intake, well, let's just assume you write it down you say on average, uh, I eat, let's just say three pounds of red meat a day. Uh, and, and I'm just going to use meat as an, as, uh, an, as an example, but whether it's two pounds of meat and six eggs, and if you have some hard cheeses, which you know, I find most people do better without dairy, but that's a top. That's another topic completely. But whatever your typical diet is, you got you know a good ballpark feel of how much you eat. Okay, and then so I want you to have. A, I want you to be able to be able to know that. And the second thing I want you to know is have a feel for how what what's the fat to protein ratio in your normal day. And just, you can just say, you know, if you're closer to ketogenic ratios, like 70% fat, 30% protein, uh, just know that. Or if you tend to, you know, settle in more around 60% fat, 40% protein, 50, 50, just know where you're starting from. Okay. Cause we're going to adjust according to that. Uh, but mark down your baseline, be like, all right, this is my baseline I'm at. And so once you have that, we can start making meaningful progress progression forward because what we want to do the whole goal and one of the big take-home message of this whole thing is going to be is you want to set up a progressive plan of increasing consumption gradually over time to build muscle because this progressive thing this this progressive increase is is so important rather than just increasing a whole bunch right away and then not having that gradual slope of increasing over time. And I'll talk about more about why that's so important uh, as we go along here. But this idea of progression is super important. So you wanna have a baseline 
And the first thing you want to do is gradually increase consumption over that baseline. And people are going to say, okay, how much should I increase it? How many calories? All right, we're not counting calories. So this is why it's important to have a good ballpark figure of what, what your baseline is. Uh, and on top of this baseline, what you're going to do is add a little bit of food. And I have a preference to add a little bit of food. Let's just say it's a piece of meat, but a leaner cut of meat then maybe is your baseline. So if your baseline piece of meat is 70-30, uh, add some food uh, at 50-50 ratio. So maybe some sirloin or something like that that's a little bit leaner cut. Uh, because we want to, you do, what you don't want to do is have the baseline and then just add butter, okay? <laughs> so that, that's increasing consumption, that's increasing your caloric intake, uh, but you didn't increase your protein intake at all. I want you to definitely increase your protein intake uh, over that baseline, all right? not with protein powder. I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Okay. So where we're at right now, you have settled in at a homeostatic set point. You have 12% body fat. You're eating three pounds of meat a day. It tends to be close to ketogenic ratios at 70, 30. And now you're adding in an extra piece of meat on top of your baseline. That tends to be a little bit leaner. Uh, how much, uh, I would say, and generally speaking, something that's roughly around, I would say three to 500 calories. Okay. So depending on what you pick, that's a decent amount to increase that first month. Uh, with, so it's, it won't be like you're stuffing yourself full at all. It's almost hardly noticeable to eat an extra additional 300 calories. Uh, for most people, it's not a big deal. So uh, you, we want to bump up, let's just call it 300 calories that first month or so. That is not something to stress about. So please, 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 if you're going to send me a message and you ask how much I need to increase my caloric intake, I'm, I, I won't be upset, maybe a little bit, but don't ask that because oh, it's not something we're going to get super analytical about because it's not important in the big scheme of thing. The important thing is that you increase consumption over baseline with some of that being protein, okay? Not just all butter. <laughs> all right. Okay. So now that we've increased our intake during the first month, what we're going to do over time is continue to increase this month after month. Uh, and each month increase, you want to make sure you increase the, you know, some protein. If you start to get super full, you're like, oh man, I can't even increase anymore. That's when adding, you know, when the ratio of what you're adding a little bit more fat because a little bit more fat tends to be a little easier to eat. So if you need to, if you need to increase your caloric consumption, let's just say, you know, two to 300 calories the next month, and you don't need to do 300 calories every month. So during month one, if you in increase your caloric intake, let's just say 300 calories, then the next month, 200 calories, and the next month, 200 calories, the, the, the more important thing is progression more than how much, okay? What you don't wanna do is increase it a thousand calories. So then the month after that, you can't increase it without just feeling sick to your stomach. So you, that's why that, that's where the gradual nature is important, okay? So let me take a breath. I don't, I don't feel like I've taken a, a breath here in the last 10 minutes. Okay, so where are we at? We got a new baseline month after month. We're increasing uh, the amount we eat. Uh, we initially want to make sure every month we're increasing protein a little bit. If you start to get super full, you know, you want to increase fat a little bit more than the previous months. Uh, okay. This is the biggest mistake 
people make. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to hammer this home because this is, I, I see this so much. So people will increase their caloric intake, 200 calories. And then at the end of the month, they'll be like, well, the scale didn't move. Okay. So <laughs> this is a, you know, it, it tells me they don't know very much about building muscle. Okay. So building muscle is a marathon, not a sprint. Now I'm going to tell you the one exception first, and then we'll hammer home the point. The exception is if you've never trained before and you're going to start in the gym and there's something called newbie gains. So you're new to it and you tend to build muscle at a much faster rate than someone that has, you know, been working out for any amount of time. Okay. So if you've trained at any degree in the past, you should expect your muscle gains to be slow. I mean, if a trained athlete puts on a few pounds of muscle in a year, that's a great year. Okay. So at the end of the month, if you're looking at the scale and you say, Oh, it didn't move. Like that's, that's actually, that's what you want, <laughs> so to speak. Okay. Cause like, you're not going to notice muscle gains on a week to week basis or a month to month basis, or even like a six month basis. Like when you see the scale only move one or two pounds, you know, that variation can be so, you know, it could be, the water you drank that day, the salt consumption, like there's far too many variables to be like using the scale to try and measure your muscle progression. Okay. Now if the scale is going backwards, you know, that that's a little bit more meaningful. So like month to month, to month to month, if you see a trending line going down, uh, you know, that's something to be like, Hey, am I actually increasing my intake or is my cardio going way up? And I need to remember to mention cardio later because that is not something I took down on my notes, but it is important. Uh, let me just mention cardio right now. Exercise is good, but when it comes to building muscle, too much cardio is really going to inhibit your your goals of building muscle. Okay, so I'm just going to leave it at that because that could be another hour discussion discussion into itself. Uh, so if you're currently doing cardio and now you're, you want to switch into a muscle building phase, what I would do is slowly taper down the cardio, the amount you're doing. So let's just say you're doing an hour of cardio a week. Uh, well, maybe bump it down to 45 minutes that first month while you're increasing your caloric consumption. And then the next month you decrease the cardio down to 30 minutes, then to 15, then to zero. Uh, and then just be getting all your, your exercise by lifting weights. Okay. Or doing whatever the training you're doing gradually taper off cardio, gradually increase, uh, caloric consumption is what I would do. Okay. Cause too much cardio definitely is going to make it harder to put on muscle. And if you're putting on muscle, that should be your focus. And I'm going to mention this real quick. And this is another topic that we can go deep, 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 deep into, which I think is outside the scope of this. Uh, yes, you can build muscle and burn fat at the same time and body recomposition. That's what it's called. For most people, it's better to focus on one or the other. So if someone comes to me and they're obese, I'm going to focus on fat loss. That doesn't mean I'd want them to not be training, uh, but fat loss is the primary goal at that time. Okay. Uh, when you're trying to build muscle, that needs to be the primary goal. Uh, and because we're eating in excess of our bodily demands, so we're taking in more energy than we're expending, uh, the body is using then some fat loss is, or some fat gain is actually to be expected. Okay. To try and build muscle without putting on any body fat is 
it's it's a line that's impossible to walk and so it's better to err on the other side of that line meaning it's better to err on the side of putting on a little bit of body fat at a time uh, what you don't want to do is overshoot that line where you put on a whole bunch of body fat right away now eating a carnivore diet you really don't have to worry about that too much uh, but like other bodybuilders you've probably heard of like a dirty bulk where people will start eating you know a bunch of junk so their caloric intake goes from 2,000 calories a day to 4,000 calories a day sure they might put on a little bit of muscle with all this excess calories excess you know energy uh, they're putting on a tremendous amount of body fat and why that is so bad is because now when you want in order to progress month to month we need that that slight progression. So anyways, if, if someone does a junk diet and now they're eating 4,000 calories a day, in order to continue to progress building muscle, and I'm going to oversimplify this, but it, generally speaking, in order to continue to progress building muscle, now they have to eat to support both their body fat stores and then access on top of that for continued continued muscle uh, growth. So they got to go from 4,000 calories to 4,500 calories to 5,000 calories, and it gets to a point where you just can't do that. So that's especially important on the carnivore diet because you can't just tell someone to go eat six pounds of meat. Like the, for a lot of people, it's like that's just inconceivable. Uh, so, so that's why this progression approach is so important and not to just overshoot it. So if you were eating roughly three pounds of meat a day and you're like, I want to build muscle. So now I'm going to eat five pounds. And even though you can stomach five pounds, the problem is that it's hard to progress on top of that. So if you went from eating three pounds of fatty meat a day to five pounds of fatty meat a day, you will put on body fat unquestionably. <laughs> okay. So then in order to continue to progress, you'd have to eat, you know, five and a half pounds of meat, which you're like, you, you quickly get to a point where like, I simply can't eat more. Uh, and so that's when muscle building on a carnivore diet loses its, you just can't do it. You'd have to go, you'd have to start eating carbs. You have to start eating simple sugars because that way you can actually continue to increase your caloric intake over time. But anyways, I'm going to, I'm going to get more to this progressive nature, uh, on the carnivore diet here, but I want to go back to the biggest mistake people make. Uh, and that is trying to use the scale to gauge uh, their muscle growth progress, okay? Like I said, a trained athlete that puts on a few pounds of muscle a year, that is phenomenal. So throw the scale away. The If you want to use a scale, it's probably more useful to make sure you're just not going in the opposite direction, okay? And even in the case it goes in the op opposite direction, I still wouldn't put too much you know, too much on that. Okay. I, w I wouldn't worry about that too much. Okay. Like I mentioned, I've just gone through my notes here. Some fat gain gain is okay and should be expected. Okay. If you're not gaining fat, you're, you're, you're trying to walk that, that line too closely that I was talking about. Uh, and so you're either, either under eating or you're not optimizing the potential muscle progress that you could be making. Okay. Let's continue on. What's the next step? What do you do? So you want to continue to increase consumption, energy consumption, month after month, okay? And generally speaking, with that increase in consumption, you want some of that, at least some of that to be protein, okay? You just don't want to do just pure fat. Now, let's say you've been doing it for nine-month progression or so. It gets, for, everyone's different, but for me especially and for a lot of people that I've, I've worked with and talked to, 
it's easier to increase this total by eating fat because just because fat is it's it's more dense so you, to try and increase month after month of just eating protein will get overly filling too fast so when you're in month nine the amount that you add let's say you add 200 calories in month nine uh a higher percentage of those calories may come from fat and that's just fine okay now let's get to the question everyone's gonna have uh, and that is uh, what if i can't eat anymore okay and so first of all this should not be a problem within the first six months if it is that means you added too much food too fast okay so don't make that mistake so but if you're in let's say month six and you've progressively added two three hundred calories per month roughly speaking uh and you're like man i'm getting full and it's uncomfortable that's <laughs> okay that's where now now this section makes sense okay what to do about it uh and so i want to talk about some supplements that you can use that can help uh continue now at this point before you consider supplements take sit back evaluate evaluate yourself have have your weights increased to have has the things in the gym your performance have those numbers improved okay uh all likelihood they have if you if you've done what i said you gradually improve now your weight the scale should not have jumped up some extraordinary amount okay that's unless you're new unless you're a newbie it's the first time you're getting in the gym and all that uh that the scale should have been like i said should be thrown out okay uh so evaluate where you're at and you're like i really can't eat anymore without just feeling you know full all the time uh this is what we can do to continue to increase that consumption uh but if you have gotten your body fat to a place that's uh i don't know higher than you might like it could be beneficial at this time to do uh basically a cut uh, and I, I'm not going to talk about how to do a cut here. I talk a little bit about in that in that article I wrote, fat loss for the carnivore diet. But real quickly, if you've put on body fat, you've made good gains in the last six months, nine months, twelve months, whatever that progressive time period has been, and don't underdo that progression. I would give it time, give it six, nine, twelve months uh, of gains, because like I said, muscle gains are a marathon. Uh, but if you've put on some body fat during this time, it can be helpful to do a shortcut for one month, two months maybe, strip off some of that body fat, and then proceed to uh, continue the bulk progression. Uh, and so that can be helpful. So it, it's a good time to evaluate before you start taking supplements, is that something that I should do? And what you would do is basically, like I said, I'm not gonna get into detail, details with that here, but you would do very similar to the reverse of what I just explain you have a new baseline you're going to gradually decrease consumption over time very gradually maybe increase some cardiovascular activity over time uh and very very quickly that strips fat off okay what you don't want to do is like i said you don't want to go back down to eating you wouldn't want to dive off a cliff so if you got your consumption up to let's just say four and a half pounds of meat a day you wouldn't want to drop down to two and a half pounds, okay? You would want to do more of a gradual, just drop it down to four, add in 20 minutes of cardio three times a week, see what that does for you, okay? I'm gonna, that's it for fat loss, but you want to evaluate, maybe it's time to strip off a little bit of fat that you added during the bulk if you put a little bit on. Okay, if you want to continue the muscle progression and your body fat's at a good level uh, and you really can't eat any more whole food, there's some supplement 
supplementation that you could do that could help, okay? So let's talk about that. And the number one supplement that I'm gonna recommend is something you're probably already very familiar with, whey protein, okay? Now, I very, very rarely recommend supplements, especially and especially whey protein when someone's doing a carnivore diet. Because uh, when it comes to achieving that health, that homeostatic set point we talked about, feeling good, uh, supplements tend to do more harm than good, okay? Uh, but if your goal is to keep building muscle and you hit that wall and you can't eat anymore, whey protein can help, okay? Uh, so let's see. There's a few points I want to make about whey protein. First thing, which is one of the reasons why I don't recommend it for most people doing the carnivore diet is it's quite insulin insulinogenic, which means it's you know quite stimulates the insulin quite a bit, very much just like carbohydrates do. Uh, a lot of carbohydrates, you know, it's, it's similar to a lot of simple carbohydrates is what I should say. Uh, so for most people, it's a bad thing. Uh, but when it comes to building muscle, insulin is one of the most anabolic hormones in our body. And so this is, this, this can be quite effective. Uh, and whey protein has the additional benefit that it's going to help increase your protein consumption, uh, without filling you up too much. Okay. So it's, it's not super filling. It can actually stimulate your appetite even more. Uh, so something that you that you might realize if you take whey protein is I and let's just dive into it. I would, what I would do is I would take the whey protein post workout about 50 grams, and then I would eat my next meal an hour or so after that. And what happens, especially happens to me, I'm super insulin sensitive. Uh, if I have whey protein, my blood it. A drop of insulin will drop my blood sugar <laughs> to like hypoglycemic levels and I, it'll stimulate my appetite. I'll be hungry. Uh, a lot of people tend to see this, so it can actually help stimulate your appetite as well. So anyways, what I would do, 50 grams of whey protein post-workout uh, and then your regular post-workout meal, maybe an hour or so after that, okay? Now, if you're doing this and you know two more months go by and you're like, all right, I wanna keep, I need to add more, uh, what I but you, I need to add more. I don't want to eat any more whole food. Uh, you can add more protein. Uh, so what I would do if I'm gonna go to more uh, protein, uh, I would add. I'd probably add beef collagen peptides or something like that. I wouldn't just add more and more and more and more whey. You could do that, uh, but I think you. I think having a little bit more amino acid diversity that you can get from collagen and such, you know, I think it's helpful to throw some some collagen in. So what you might do is you're doing the 50 grams of whey protein post-workout. Maybe before you go to bed, you do 25 grams of whey protein plus 25 grams of beef collagen peptides. Uh, And so the reason I do like the whey in there is that the whey is high in branched-chain amino acids, especially leucine, which is plays a vital role in muscle protein synthesis. So I do like having the whey in there still with the collagen, uh, but maybe throw some collagen in there, okay? Uh, So you could do that. And then another supplement that you could try would be uh, creatine monohydrate. Now, red meat is basically gonna be your best source of creatine anyhow. So a lot of times people are pretty near saturation of, their creatine levels. So they don't see much of a benefit with supplementation, but some people do. Uh, and so basically some creatine monohydrate will help uh, what I call top off their saturation levels. 
uh, and that can help you know improve some strength in, in the gym. Okay, it's probably not going to help stimulate appetite or anything like that, uh, but it could be something that you look into. And I'm telling you, of the billion of supplements that you could take out there, like creatine, whey protein, almost nothing else is even worth it. <laughs> okay, some things might have minor non probably non-noticeable improvement impacts something like beta alanine you know if you want to experiment with a little bit of beta alanine maybe that would give you some improvement there's some research behind that uh citrulline malate uh caffeine for performance like these are a few things that have some solid research behind them uh but for the most part you know whey protein uh creatine that's about it okay so if you get to the point where you've done this progression, you've added supplements, you've done a, I mean, we're talking like that's a year progression at least. Uh, what And what I would do if you get through all that, you can't eat anymore, I would definitely just do a cutting period, okay? Even if you're not don't not even carrying that much body fat, stripping off some body fat, it'll, it'll do a lot of good things. It'll help reset a lot of things so that if you go on to do more of a bulk down the road after that, uh, you can continue to try and get some gains. All right. Uh, so whew, I feel like we covered a lot there. Let's, let's, let's sum this up. Let's do some take home messages, uh, for the people that fast forwarded to the end. <laughs> uh, okay. Biggest take home messages. One muscle building is a marathon, not a sprint. So do not try and use the scale as a means to gauge progress uh you got to be in it for the long term you know it, it has to be it comes if, if someone really wants to build muscle significantly uh and really recomp their body like going to the gym and working out needs to be as natural and regular as you know going to sleep at night and i'm not saying you have to work out every day that could even be counterproductive uh but it just needs to be it's 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 got to become such a habit. It's just it's got to become a part of your life. Okay, if it's not, then you know you'll probably make some gains and then you'll probably lose them. <laughs> All right, so muscle building it's a marathon. It's got to be a way of life. Uh, okay, second thing, you need a progressive plan uh, of increasing consumption over time. So you don't want to pig out early. That's no good. You don't want to just pile on as much as you can eat right away that doesn't do you any good or it might it might do you a little bit of good but then it backs you into a corner where then you are now having to support any gains in fat in order to continue to increase uh consumption over time okay um i mentioned it might be beneficial for some people to do a cut first uh depending on how lean you are what kind of diet you're coming from etc uh but like I mentioned, if I, I and I know people are going to do this, they're going to try and you know tinker with the diet before they've even reached a homeostatic set point. Uh, and then you know I can't give any meaningful advice if 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 that's where someone's coming from. So I really do recommend you know just doing the carnivore diet. You know, eating meat, drinking water. Uh, I I recommend going through the three levels that I mentioned in that thirty day guide. So if if you're not familiar with the three levels. Uh, it's just something I wrote about to help really optimize the diet for you. Uh, and I, I recommend in the guide to do each level for one month. Uh, and it, you know, it helps, like I said, personalize the diet for you. Uh, so do that, find your homeostatic set point, 
six months I, I don't see any real point in trying to rush to tinker with the diet if you're trying to rush to tinker with it then uh then then you that, that's not enough foresight <laughs> you are you're it's probably not a good idea okay so now just as important as a progressive eating plan is a progressive training plan which is way 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 beyond the scope of this podcast okay uh but maybe it's helpful if i give you a simple example as a way to think about this uh and then you can do more research and whatnot uh for your particular interest okay but let's say you're you're vain like me and you're just really interested in it for body uh for appearance reasons you know i care about health and function and all that but you know i i for the last 20 plus years i've gone to the gym with the primary motivator of just the vanity of, you know, improving looks uh, while of course it's healthy. And it's actually now become more as much of a mental health thing for me as a uh, physique thing, but maybe even more so. Uh, so it, it has changed over time, but anyways, I go to the gym uh, and let's, and let's use the bench press as an example. Okay. So there are a lot of variables that you can manipulate for continual progression, okay? Now, the one that everyone thinks about, and it's almost the only one that people even, you know, measure or monitor, is the amount of weight on the bar. So, yes, month after month after month, uh, increasing the weight is a form of progression. But that's one of many, many forms of progression. There's lots of forms of progression. When it comes to bodybuilding, what I think is perhaps the most effective form of progression is time under tension okay and in order to understand time under tension you really have to understand tension and people think they understand tension uh but i find that is not that tends not to be uh the truth people really people really have a, a flawed understanding of muscular tension and what it and what it feels like when a muscle is actually under continuous tension uh but time under tension is something like if i did a set of the bench press it's the amount of time. So if someone put a stop clock on that on that set and it's like, okay, you did, you were, that, that, that set was one minute. It doesn't matter if I did one rep or 20 reps in that one minute, the time under continuous tension would have been one minute, okay? So time under tension is another very, very useful variable to be able to manipulate in a progressive program. Uh, like I mentioned, you can, you can vary things like reps and tempo and, you know, density. So density would be like, uh, how much time under tension on in a certain amount of time. Okay. So, so let's say you're going to do five sets of bench press and each set was going to be one minute. Uh, and you were doing two minute rest periods in between sets. Well, if you move that rest period to one minute and maintain the time under tension, well, you just increase the density of that. So that's another variable. So what I'm trying to say there is, uh, there's a lot of variables you can manipulate and it, like I said, if you can imagine creating a program, you can, there's a there's a infinite amount of ways you can create a progressive program. Uh, so this is why I say, if you find a trainer who really understands this and really understands biomechanics as well, so they have to understand this plus execution. Execute execution is the number one most important thing. Uh, and if you can find someone that understands these two concepts. They are worth their weight in gold. Uh, I would probably still have a trainer, even though like I understand the concepts, just to make sure that I'm following proper execution with a good pl progressive plan. Uh, 
very few trainers understand this. So that's why a lot of this, unfortunately, is research you have to do yourself uh, or online programs with people that do understand this. So just because people are going to ask, uh, it's, when it comes to hypertrophy, uh, there is a program that I do, I think is excellent. So his name is Ben Pakolsky. He is a former Mr. Uh, Olympia competitor. And so he, I mean, he competed at the highest level of bodybuilding. Uh, but more impressive than that is he's very smart. Uh, and he understands these factors. He teaches these factors. He emphasizes execution and form. Uh, and he has a course, uh, an online course that you can take. It's called, uh, oh man, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Let me think. Uh, I, I've gone through the entire course, every single video, and it. it's very good. I think it's called Hypertrophy Execution Masterclass, HEM, H-E-M, HEM. I think that's what it is. Uh, ben Pakolsky. Now, he doesn't, I've no kickbacks. He doesn't, I don't, Ben, Ben, I, while we know, I know who he is and we've interacted, I, uh, He's just, I know he's a good guy. I know he knows what he's talking about. And I just support him because I know you would be in good hands in his hands if that's what you do, if you, if that's the training you want to get. Okay. He's focused on hypertrophy. So if you're doing CrossFit, strength training, Olympic lifting, don't go to Ben. Okay. Uh, however, one of my best friends, uh, his name's Aaron Horshig. He is the founder, owner of uh, what's called Squat University. And if you haven't checked out Squat University, uh, he goes well beyond just how to squat. Uh, he goes into all kinds of training. He's got a lot of Olympic lifting background, but basically how to do exercises with proper form and biomechanics. Uh, he's got a book called The Squat Bible. He's coming out with a new book here uh, in the next year or so, but check out Squat University if you're interested in one of those other kinds of training, such as Olympic lifting, squats if you're doing big compound movements trying to move a lot of weight aaron is your guy uh and so i think that's it i know we covered a lot and i talked at a rapid clip uh i'm, I'm gonna put something down in writing too on the blog so if you missed something or you weren't able to take notes on something uh check out the blog i'll have some links up there uh, but anyways thanks for listening and look forward to chatting with you soon all right see you guys later bye Keep the radio going. Dr. Kevin Stock has more coming your way. For exclusive content, visit www.kevinstock.io.